0: everyone. Thank you for joining the Marquis Hall podcast. I have a special guest here with us today. I have Kayla Schrock, and she is an eighth grade inclusion RSP teacher. She's been in education for 13 years, and she is the giver of Chicago popcorn, which we love. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much for having me. I so
0: appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for taking your time out. We were actually just an hour in already talking about special education. I brought her on because she loves special education and and so do I. So um, we're going to talk about um, initial IEPs for our new parents that are new to IEPs and um, a little bit of what they can expect when they're going into their first IEP.
1: So the first time when you walk in as a parent, you're probably going to be so overwhelmed and not knowing what to expect. Um, One of the things that I personally do at my IEPs is is greet you guys the front office um, and make sure you guys feel welcome and comfortable Um, obviously we would have had communication prior to in scheduling the IEP making sure that all the IEP team members are going to be able to be present at the IEP meeting Um, and then when we bring you into the room um, we'll sit you down at a table and then introductions will be made Um, since we're talking about an initial IEP um, as a parent You should expect that the special education teacher will be there. There's Mm -hmm. an administrator at the IEP meeting, a general ed teacher, whether that is a content area or whether that's the physical education teacher. There should be some type of general ed teacher there. Um, You should also have a school psychologist there because at an initial IEP meeting, the school psychologist is going to be doing the. Overall assessments for your students to make sure that they qualify for special education. Um, and then any other service provider. So, you know, if your student gets assessed for occupational therapy, which is called OT, um, yep. or speech and language therapy services, which is called an SLP, um, if those people um, did do an assessment, they should also be present at the IEP meeting as well.
0: That seems like a lot of uh, people, Kayla.
1: <laughs> it can be. It can be. But it is just so important to make sure that if your child gets assessed, um, that those people that gave your student an assessment are present at this IEP meeting um, and that they're going to be introduced to you um, so you know who they are. So when they go to speak at the IEP meeting, you're going to know exactly what they're going to be talking about. Um, And then while they're going through their evaluation of your student, um, you make sure that you understand what they're saying Mm because Evaluations can be so overwhelming. I know for me as a teacher, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Can we can we take a step back? Um, you know, mom, dad, do you guys understand um, what they're saying right now? And usually, the school psychologists and the you know the speech language pathologist and the OT person, they're usually really good at checking back in. But also, parent, if it gets too overwhelming for you and you're not understanding something that they're discussing with you, uh, you make sure you get the clarification you need.
0: Right. So let's um, just a little segue. So how would a parent, because I feel like there's all the people that are there. And I like the way that you clarified that everyone's not there. um, Everyone's there as a team. And I like that you said that they're there not so they can be like, we're, we're the team and you're the parent. They're there to explain their part in the evaluation process. I like that you said that because that makes it seem less. Everyone gets to talk about their own reports so that right. they're yeah. there in their yeah.
1: area. As an IEP team, we're there with one focus and and that's the kid. That's yeah. the child and what's going to be the best for that child educationally um, and, you know, the parent input is so much of an important piece and it's a vital component to that. Um, so just making sure that that's the main focus and the priority at, at any IEP meeting, especially the initial, um, it's just really important to, to know who everybody is and yeah. to make sure that they stop, freeze, ask for questions because it can be very overwhelming.
0: Yes. Definitely can. And another thing that parents can do is they are welcome to bring their own support person to the meeting, correct?
1: Absolutely. I know at at my IEP meetings, um, after introductions are made, I do like to address parent concerns. Um, Mm -hmm. After introductions are made, um, the parent concerns can come at different times when an IEP meeting starts. But for me personally, um, I always like to address parent concerns. Um, Usually parent concerns um, can be really overwhelming and kind of intimidating for a parent to state Mm -hmm. at an IEP meeting. So I understand the need for a parent to want extra support there. Right. Um, but parent concerns, they should be addressed. And yeah. when parents concerns are spoken at the beginning of the IEP, the special education teacher and the IEP team can make sure that they are addressed throughout the IEP process. And I love doing the parent concerns first mm-hmm. because, I already know in my head. Oh, yep, I gotta address that. I was already mm-hmm. gonna say something about that. You know, it just gives us a little bit of a guidance to make yeah. sure, like we're making sure that your needs as the parents are understood and that you guys are being heard.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. That is a super important part of the um, of the IEP. Like one of the ma- most important parts is to get the parent
1: concern in there. Um,
0: so, what's next after that?
1: So after parent concerns, I like to go to the heart and the soul of the IEP, which is the present levels. Mm -hmm. Um, The present levels is everything about your child. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be done through assessments given within the classroom. It could be through observations noted, you know, by the general ed teacher or from the parent at home, observations of the school psychologist when they have gone in through their evaluation process, um, um, yeah, but your, your parent input is also really important um, in the present levels, because when you come into the IEP meeting, that IEP document is a live document, which mm-hmm. means that everybody's input during this meeting is going to be added into it. Right. So we already have present levels listed in there. Um, obviously appropriate documentation can be given. So if you're not understanding an assessment that was given, um, whether it's the special ed teacher that gave it, whether it's the school psychologist that gave it or the speech pathologist that gave it, we can show you what that looks like. We can explain it into further detail if you're not understanding. Um, like there's just certain words that I can assume as a parent, I would feel really overwhelmed with like, what is cognitive functioning? Right. And what is audio visual processing? Mm-hmm. Um, but making sure to ask what that means, because as a parent, you're going to be the one that works with your student at home. So you understanding what that need is, is also really important, too.
0: Absolutely. And I know that um, for myself. Um, and, and when I was a teacher, actually, that part is sometimes very difficult because. Um, sorry, because. It's saying all of my kids' deficits, so sometimes that's super hard to hear, and um, um, it's super hard to hear that, that part because that's where there they're,
1: they're there needs to be a balance too because part of that present levels is also focusing on what the student can do because okay. when you focus on what they can do, that's going to help lead into the goals. Um, What is going to be the goal for the year in reading, in Mm -hmm. writing, in mathematics? Where are they at right now? What's the positive things that they can do? You know, my student is able to use their finger to follow along while they're reading a book. My student eighth grade teacher talking, um, is able to use positive and negative numbers without a calculator, like they are able to compute those things. Um, you have to focus on what the student is doing, which is positive, and then learn how to grow from there. But then also, I'm going to throw in some more stuff for you guys. To after those, within those present levels that are going to lead into those goals, you're also going to say, okay, well, you know, my student is going to work towards this goal, but what steps, what accommodations or modifications are going to be needed in yes. order to help my students, you know, my child reach that goal by the end of this, the, by the next annual IEP?
0: Right. I love the accommodations and modifications. It's something that I wasn't always utilizing um, when I first started doing IEPs as a teacher. But that's really um a part that I like because it helps them um, just assess the learning environment in different ways. It's not just, it can be Absolutely. like, screen, right? Different right. And
1: there's so things. many things. Like, I know me personally, um, especially in inclusion, that even my general ed teachers that I co teach with, like, there's accommodations and modifications that we do every single day. Mm-hmm. that I put into the IEP because guess what? It helps the students. Right. It could be as simple as re- having the student rephrase the information given. So if I say, you know, I'm a third Josiah, Josiah, mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to go ahead and take out your book mm-hmm. and give him a minute. And then I go, Josiah, what did I ask you to do? He's going to say, I- I- you asked me to take out my book. Okay, uh-huh. perfect. I'll go ahead and get that out. But it's a simple accommodation, you know? Right. Um, And modification could be, you know, a shortened assignment when Mm -hmm. you get, you know, general ed teacher or general ed students in the classroom, 10 assignments, you know, that, that kid, he's, he's good with five. Let's build small things. Mm -hmm. So it's also understanding the difference between accommodations to help support them. But Mm -hmm. modifications mean that they're getting a different type of content presented to them.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good stuff there. <laughs> then we have accommodations and modifications. And then the next part
1: is the big kahuna one. <laughs> uh, part of the initial IEP. Um, obviously it will be determined whether your child is going to qualify for special education services or not. Um, they based don't, on, what? They don't wait a minute. Wait a minute. They don't automatically be given, it has to be based off of the assessments. It has right. to be based off the observations and everything given. More than likely, if an IE initial IEP is requested and assessments given, more than likely the child will be given or find, be found eligible for right. special and services. But there are times when the student is not found eligible. And usually those students will be then be moved into the 504 plan, Mm -hmm. uh, which still allows them accommodations and modifications within the classroom. It's just not through an IEP.
0: Right. Yeah. But I think uh, that clarification is important because the initial IEP is going to determine if they qualify for special education because they can't have a medical diagnosis of, say, autism, But if it's not um, affecting them educationally, then they might not qualify if that doesn't show on the through the assessments that was given at that time.
1: Absolutely. And those assessments could look at, obviously, first and foremost, academics, Mm -hmm. um, behavior, um, maybe sensory issues. I mean, whatever that might be that would qualify them. So really important. But there's still options. That 504 plan is another option if they don't qualify. So. Say the, the, the child does qualify and uh-huh. they are eligible for special ed. Then the IEP team is going to meet. Parent, you are part of the IEP team. So your voice is so important. Yes. But you also have to understand the options that your student has. And there's such a variety of yes. options within special ed, um, that you need to know all of these options. You know, my child could be placed in this program or this program, and I'm opening a whole can of worms right now. Um, (laughs) There is just, what did you call it when we talked about it before? Like the continuum of placement Mm -hmm. Um, and just understanding the options that your child has and being able to, as a parent saying, you know what, no, I know they're capable of being in a program like that.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah, so those just for our parents out there, there's a continuum of placement. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your child um, is going to go to say a, um, what I want to say. I don't want to say mainstream. Mainstream could be something that is in their thing or it could be a um, self-contained classroom. Sorry, I'm having a brain freeze right
1: in there, but I was like, she's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I'm going to
0: get it out. Um It could be a self-contained classroom. So just because they have an IEP doesn't mean that they go to one place. It's a determination with the team at the IEP. It's determined at the IEP. So I want them to, to, to know that. It's not just one place.
1: Yeah. And it's actually something I know as an inclusion teacher that I speak about. um, And it's also in the IEP service options discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously you have your general ed settings, um, which doesn't just include PE. Right. Electives, it's music, it's computer time, like elementary school speaking of. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming from the middle school world, I know that we have you know, the mod severe special day class. We yeah. have a mild, moderate special right. day class. We have an inclusion program that allows those mild, moderate special day class students to be able to be mainstreamed yeah. and go into one special class all day. Mm-hmm. But we also have RSP, which yeah. means the student might struggle in English and they don't in math right. or vice versa. So there's only one area that that student might need help with. So Understanding those options, but still making sure that your student is going to be included because Mm -hmm. the social, emotional, that behavioral piece is so important. And you can't take that opportunity away from the student. Um, You have to allow them the ability to be flexible within these. But understanding those options is huge. And so parents, that's called least restrictive Mm environments where your student is going to be able to be the most successful but not be completely self-contained if they right. don't have to be. They need right. to be able to be given those options.
0: Yes. 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 <laughs> so we went to least restrictive L E R. Um and what's next?
1: Oh um LER. after let's see I have my little list. Sorry right. just that's okay. You know, Notes. So um, definitely present levels, obviously, just to recap parent concerns, yeah. which to uh, the present levels, um, which we discussed, and then um, goals, modifications, accommodations, the least restrictive envirom- environment, and then it's going to come down to the signature page. Um, I usually do a review of the IEP because I take notes during the IEPs to make sure that After the IEP is done, I type all the notes of what happened. And it's just a very brief, short, sweet, straight to the point type of summary um, of what occurred during the IEP, who presented what, what goals were given, what decisions were made, um, and then comments, and then the signature page. So you'll definitely sign as a parent um, that you were a participant at the IEP meeting. Uh, After that, you'll... check one of two boxes. Um, One of them is, well, I guess there's five boxes that you can actually check. Um, I go through each one for the parents. Um, The first one is that you consent to the IEP, which Mm -hmm. means that you are 100% in agreement with it. The second box that you would check is, I consent with the exception of. So if you agree with the majority of the IEP, but you still need a discussion on this, you would check that box. And then you would handwrite in, um, you know, what the exception would be that you are not in agreement with. Right. Other three, especially in the initial, um, one of them is that your child is not eligible for special ed. Um, mm-hmm. And that you understand that. Um, I think the uh, another one is that is no longer eligible, because right. there are students who eventually don't need an IEP anymore, right. because they've made adequate progress, and it's yes. no longer needed. So that is another thing that you can check off for. Right. Right.
0: I was going to say, we're going to talk about what I did in my last IEP.
1: I was going to talk about, um, Oh, I just lost it. I'm like reading your mind, but I'm like taking everything. Read my mind. And then I make you lose your track.
0: <laughs> Cause I'm like this, like, I don't know. Hey, um, I want to know, about, um, we talked a little bit about the maybe feeling intimidated, parents feeling intimidated because there's so many uh, professionals at the table. And then there's just like them and maybe whomever they may bring um, for support, a friend or a neighbor. And um, we were talking earlier as a teacher that you feel the same, the same way. I kind of talked about that in yeah. one of my podcasts that as a teacher, I was like, oh,
1: I just want to. Absolutely. They're okay. I'm sorry, but I'm selfish about my babies. And I tell my parents this all the time. Like I'm responsible for your baby. Like Mm -hmm. they are my children and going into an IP meeting for myself personally, like I want to do right by them. And I not only want to do right by them, but I also want to make you as the parent feel comfortable and entrust me with your child that I'm doing what I have to do to make sure that your, your student gets to where they need to be. It's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> and I, for I, me, it comes from just wanting to make sure that the parent understands, like, I hear you. I see you. Mm-hmm. I, I love working with your child and I want to do right by them. And so that's why IEP meetings are intimidating for me personally. Right. Um, but I mean, I guess it just comes, it like, comes all around. I yeah. mean, I've been in IEP meetings for 13 years and I still kind of get those butterflies sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. but I have to take a deep breath. You know, yeah. I think that's really important too. When you get to that point where you're feeling a little overwhelmed, just stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Uh, where sometimes I'm like, okay, let's recap a little bit. So yeah. I know you were concerned with this and we discussed this you know, kind of going over a recap to maybe recollect your thoughts and your process through the IEP. um, It's just kind of a good way to have that deep breath. And parent, if you need a five minute recess, you need that five minute break, you have the right to say like, is it okay if we take a five minute break, I just need to use the restroom or, you know, I just need to step outside real quick. Like, I know that it can be really overwhelming. Um, And I hope that you know, at your IEP meetings, that the positive things are also spoken because mm-hmm. when all you hear is negative, 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 it, it, I, I personally as a parent, I would be overwhelmed and and feel so frustrated. Like mm-hmm. you're telling me all these things, but he he can do this, right? Right. Mm-hmm. He can read. He can use a calculator. So mm-hmm. how can we build where he's at? And be able to step forward with that. So, if you do need to take those t- that time during a meeting because you are feeling overwhelmed with emotions or frustration, take that five minutes. Take that I'm minute. i really emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, I, uh, I know, <laughs> I mean,
0: we're about to cry over here. Um, just and and I know because I've done the assessments and so. But when I got Josiah's when he trans um, transitions. I don't know what's wrong with my words today, but when he transitioned, we had to have a to Kinder, we had to have a we did his triannual early. Um, I did, I cried, and I just wasn't expecting to because I know what it looked like. Because you know, as a teacher here, with him having two teachers, we we're like got the assessments, and we we're like, okay, this is gonna, you know, this is what it's gonna be. He's probably gonna get this. You know, we both do i we both do IPs, we're both in special education. So we're like, it's gonna, I thought I was gonna be okay. Um and and I wasn't I my friend was with me and we took a, we took a moment and then I collected myself and came back and I just want parents to know that um it is emotional and for any teachers that might be listening out there on the other side since I'm on both sides um that it, it's a lot to to listen yeah. to um those like far below and some of them he couldn't he couldn't score on when I'm seeing my happy snaggletooth baby, you know, shooting shots with their baby. So to take that into consideration, A, for the teachers and the staff to take that into consideration. Um, and then for the parents to know that it is okay. That is your baby. It is okay to feel like that. Um, and to let the team know that, hey, can I just take a minute to, um, I, I just need to take a minute. I think allowing you know, you just kind of sit there and think that this is the way the meeting's supposed to go. We do have an agenda. Um, but for letting the parents know that um, it is okay to take those breaks. It is okay to say, Excuse me, I didn't understand that. Um, or write it yeah. down so that you can get it, you know, get those things out later.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think it's like, again, during my IEP meetings, mm-hmm. I am constantly checking in with parents because I don't. I don't want my parents to leave and not understand something. I don't want my parents to leave and feel so overwhelmed um, because I throw out jargon. I mean, we're special. I I don't want to say specific learning disabilities. So I say SLD, but I make sure that the parent understands what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't want to just throw out all these big terms and then have you not understand Um, taking those moments to maybe recap during the IEP or just taking a five minute break, you know, if it is getting to that point and everybody's just kind of like, man, okay, we still have a lot to go over. Let's go ahead and take this time. with everybody kind of group. Um, It's kind of just about knowing who's at the IEP meeting and understanding things. And and parent, you're the number one person besides your students. Right. Uh, you know them the best yep. and you are your child's biggest advocate. Right. And to go into IEP meetings and feel like you're a part of them and that right. your voice matters yeah. is, Huge and it's yeah. so important. And I think the more questions you ask for understanding or for clarification, mm-hmm. um, the more involved that IEP team become. You right. know, I do anywhere from 20 to 30 IEPs within a school year, and it can, yeah. you know. I, it's, it's a lot, I know, but I have kids that come and go. My caseload shifts from yeah. here to there. Um, as an eighth grade teacher, I also do transitional. So you're looking double um, with my caseload. Um, but that's why it's so important because we, as teachers, you know, we do this mm-hmm. all day, every day, not right. every day, but we do it. Right. And it, it's part of our function. And when you don't understand something, we need to know because right. We can't necessarily read your brain, right? right. We can't read your mind. Right. So you asking questions is so important. And that's just even in an initial. Yes. Okay, well, what does this mean? Because that's gonna mean the next IEP is gonna be so much more informative yes. and so much more exciting. And you're gonna be so much more involved in it. I love IEPs. I love them. I love holding them. I love being in (laughs) in action with parents because I want to empower you, Mm you know? And I know that all IEPs are different. Yeah, I know all special ed teachers run them a little bit differently. That's why I always say, you know, at my IEPs, um, I did say, you know, you can expect this. This will be taught or this will be spoken, not taught, sorry, Mm -hmm. teacher (laughs) jargon over here. Um, but just making sure that you understand is going to help you help your student at home because right. homework will be given at some point, right. you know, you're going to be working on your own individual skills at home with them. Um, and making sure that that connection between school and home yes. is on point, Because yes. if, if the school, if the teacher's working on something, then parent, you got to make sure you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or parent, you can say, you know what? I did try that with Josiah, and it wasn't working. Right? But how do you do that? Right. Because I will be able to help him build those skills. And if it's working for you, what key components of that did you do in order for him to be compliant with it? Like yeah. help me, help him, or right. vice versa. You First. know, and the teachers like this wasn't working, and then the parents like, yes, that was working at home. Okay, well, maybe it was the the area or Mm -hmm. his profitability of being at home. You know, Mm -hmm. you guys are working together. You're not against each other. You're
0: working together. Definitely. It's definitely um, important to build those relationships um, with, with the staff. And I think that we were talking before that it doesn't have to be adversarial. I think IEPs um, have a rep out there. Um, And I really appreciate you coming on because you are passionate about it. And, that there are, um, just getting your insight on the other side, saying, like, well, we don't we throw around the teacher jargon. I happen to be a special ed teacher, and I still do that. Um, yeah. when I'm talking to my podcast and I'm talking to people, and that is not intentional, that is just like
1: teacher ease. And well, so- I even like explain my day to my friends or right. my family, and I'm like, I had an IEP, and then this happened, and then the, and this SDC and inclusion, and they're like, right. What are you talking right. about? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, special ed talk. Let me go and break that down for you. Like it's continually happening. (laughs) So it's not to,
0: it's not to get over on the parents and be like, oh, you don't know what you, you you don't know what we are talking about. It's just how we're naturally used to talking (laughs) since that's what you do, that you're there 400 hours a day. um, So that it's important that the parents can to ask the questions. Not that you can, but you should kind of like, I think of it like a. someone taught me when I was interviewing a long time ago to, ask, you know, think of three questions that you're going to ask regardless of what happens, because then they kind of remember you and stuff. But in the IEP, um, not so they remember you, but so you can already have those questions kind of in, in your head. Like, what is what does this look like at home? Or can you explain this goal? Like, think of three questions that you can ask so that there can start to be that rapport, Um Absolutely, because you guys are going to be together. I told my IAP team Joe's in kindergarten, he goes to that school till 8th. It's a K through 8th. We're going to be together. Um, so let's um talk about it. And let's speaking of av- adversarial, um, things don't always have to. We don't have just because people don't agree, right? Just because mm-hmm. the team might not agree on something doesn't mean that it has to be escalated or adversarial it can still be something that's discussed and um, with the, with data and backed up with data to um, if the parents have a concern um, that they're not happy with, then I encourage the parents to to take some, some data um, to say like, this is what I'm seeing in this spot and how can we help? Um, Just going to say like, I don't like this isn't helpful to the child or the team because we need to be more specific on what we're doing.
1: I think it's important to like in bringing those questions in, not only as a teacher, but as a parent, that things at home are different than they are in the classroom mm-hmm. for the most, for the majority of the time. I mean, certain behaviors can be seen in both ways as well, but also coming in just as a parent with the understanding is that sometimes it is different in school rather than at home, but it's in again, connecting for the purpose of your child. Right. Um, that makes it so empowerful for your student when you guys are able to connect right. for the purpose of your child. Um, so again, having those questions, but also that understanding um, and, you know, my personality might be a little bit different than yours and that's okay. Right. Um, it's working or this isn't working, you know, like and being able to have those discussion, if you're able to with your child or different, ways that they do communicate to say, you know, how are you feeling? How was school today? And then if you know that your child's struggling or they're feeling overwhelmed with certain things to be able to voice what you hear as a parent at home that I might not hear as a teacher at school.
0: Right. And, and that's good because it is two different, um, two different settings, um, and I know our goal, like we would like them to be generalized. So asking the teacher, like, what would that look like at home? Maybe um, with the younger kids, I know that's easier because some of our goals are small, uh, smaller, um, excuse me, not smaller, but they're not as um, academically based. I taught only preschool. So. Um, just saying like, well, can you give, give me an example of what that look, might look like at home? Because they might be using like measuring cups. You know, I'm not that good with math, but they're like, oh, yeah, he was. We were cooking the other day. He's able to do those things. And that might like th- that look dif- looks different at home. And they might be meeting that goal and it looks different at home. So asking the teacher, like, well, what does this look like? What might this look like in the real world? Or when I'm helping them with their homework at home, what right. does that look like at home? So that they can see those connections um, between the goals. So. That, so that they're hopefully generalized.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to keep talking. Talk so we'll have another one soon, I hope. We will.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. We will have Kayla back. Um, we'll get those links to where she gets that popcorn. And um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. So
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you again for taking your time to listen to the Marquis Markeesha podcast. And if you would love to partner for your child's IEP, go ahead and schedule an IEP consult. Talk to you soon. Have a great day.